welcome to a grad chat, your opportunity to find out about graduate research here at Queen's. My name is CJ the DJ and I am your host for this week's grad chat along with Suyin Organ, uh, the DJ bear, who has joined me again for the start of this new academic term. Of course, a show like this could not happen without the support of the School of Graduate Studies and Postdoctoral Affairs as well as CFRC. So thank you very much to both of them. Now, if you may miss the show at any time, you can download the podcast the next day on either iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CFRC podcast. So no excuse not to hear what our awesome students and postdoctoral fellows are doing. But of course, what I should be saying first up is Happy New Year to everybody. I hope you all had an incredible holiday uh, with, uh, for those of you, Christian, of course, or Christmas and Hanukkah and any other sort of special holidays that people may have. I hope it was wonderful with uh, you had some good quality time with family and friends. And then, of course, it's Happy New Year and we've got some new students arriving, not only at Queen's, but in Canada too, both our international and some domestic students who are starting their graduate journey here beginning this term. So welcome to all of you. Now, this particular episode, as we do each year, and of course, we have been going since 2016, so we're very happy that the show is still on the air, and that's thanks to all of you who put your hands up to come and be on the show with us, and I'm also, as as I mentioned earlier, very lucky to have Suyin who has helped me out over the years, not only with the editing, but of course, doing wrap-ups at the end of each year and also starting our new year. So Suyin, Happy New Year to you as well. Happy New Year, and thank you so much for having me. Happy New Year, everyone. This is so exciting. It's 2024. I can't believe this. I know. Uh, before we know it, we're going to be saying happy holidays for 2024. But <laughs> I know. It happens that way. No, we don't want to push that too early, do we? But uh, no, no, it's it, a lot happening. We don't want to miss that. No, that's true. And that's what the show today is going to be about, is telling you some of the things to expect in uh, this winter term mm-hmm. for, for us. Um, particularly for our new students, but more importantly, I think for our current students to remind them the kind of things that go on in the winter term, apart from their usual studies. And if they're, for instance, uh, being a TA or an RA, something like that. But there's lots going on. And we we like to say here in the School of Graduate Studies and Postdoctoral Affairs that the winter term is a term of celebrating research. Uh, particularly our grad research and and postdoc research. But uh, there's a lot of things that you can be doing in this term or preparing for, say, the summer term when when people go off to conference season um, to showcase the work that you do. And, of course, some of that is exactly what we've been talking about here in in many, many years is coming on to Grad Chat to showcase your research. So uh, they're the the kind of things we're going to be talking about on on this one. But before I get to that, Suyin, um, just uh, people may not know this, but Suyin, towards the end of last last term, had a beautiful little baby boy um, come come in. So that's her second son, little Raoul. And how's that all going? Oh, 
Because <laughs> a lot of our students have babies along the way during their journey, and it can't be easy. <laughs> it's not. It's it's not easy. I think the most challenging part is the lack of sleep. Um, but but other than that, it's great. Yeah. I guess we should get on and talk a little bit more about what to expect this term, apart from, like I said, the usual things that a student has to do as part Mm -hmm. of their degree requirements. Yes. And like I said, we like to feel it's more about celebrating research and opportunities to showcase research. And when we come back to the the term itself, back to campus, everyone's back on campus, I'm going to be starting off with the workshops for students who are interested in doing the three-minute thesis competition or just learning how to put together a three-minute thesis presentation, whether they could be part of the competition or not. It's still a good skill to learn um, how to condense your, your work and also to explain it in that condensed version to people of a general audience, not people specific. Now, Sue, you've you've helped out over the years with the three-minute thesis competition. What kind of tips can you give some of the students who are thinking about doing it? First of all, why they should do it, why give it a go, um, and, and, and what could they be doing to make their presentations a little better? Wow, those are great questions. So first of all, why should people do it? Why should they give it a go? To me, the answer is very simple. I've been timekeeper for TreeMT for a couple of years now, and it's great. I love it. People should do it for the opportunity to practice talking about your research in three minutes. It's as simple as that. Being able to condense all of that information and to learn how to convey the important points of your research topic. It's a very valuable skill. I know I've been saying I want to do it every year, but it's very intimidating. It's it's challenging. I've seen these presenters and they're fantastic. But I think that as intimidating as it is, I've seen every year such a supportive group of people helping each other, giving each other tips. Your presentations get recorded, so you get to practice, you get training. It's not like you're just thrown in there to talk to the public in under three minutes. It's actually a very supportive community. So I find that it's, it's, it's one of the best opportunities you'll ever have to learn to do this, to have this elevator pitch about your own research in, in an environment where your peers are there for you, supporting you every step of the way. So I think you should do it for the opportunity alone and for the valuable skills that you're going to get from it. Yeah. Yeah. To answer your second question, the advice that I will give presenters is to not get too caught up with making the slide too perfect. You're only allowed one slide per presentation, so a lot of the pressure comes into making the perfect slide. But to be honest, when slides have too much information, it can be very overwhelming for your audience trying to figure out what's on the slide while listening to you present your research. So I think my advice would be to balance it out because at the end, it's a combination of things that will get you the highest points. The other advice that I will give presenters is to get as much practice as you can. Take advantage of all of those sessions and look at the recordings of yourself 
especially when it comes to time constraints or working under time constraints or pressures. Because every time as timekeeper, when I raise the 30 second card, I, I notice that it gets presenters very nervous and then they try to rush through so to make it to the three minutes. And sometimes they end up finishing under three minutes, which affects their score as well. So um, it's important to practice your ability to handle that stress on the stage. It's again, it's it's a great opportunity for to learn presentation skills and all that. But taking advantage of those opportunities to practice as much as you can, it's it's important. They're really they're really good points. I mean, your point about the slide is exactly correct. I mean, the slide is meant to complement the conversation, yeah. as you said, not being a distraction. Uh, if if there's too much on it, because people tend to try and put a lot on a slide, one slide, you don't need it. No. It's meant to support the conversation because the competition is all about the oration, not necessarily how many slides or how much you've got on a slide. Yes. So that is has always been a problem with a lot of people. Um, and then the other one uh, you talked about, you know, the, the practice part. You yes. can't do this without practice. Mm-hmm. But if you do practice, then you've got a three-minute speech that you can give to anybody at any time. Yes. And, you know, it's like an extended elevator pitch. And we know all people in business learn about an elevator pitch, which is really important. This is exactly the same. Giving yourself some little nuggets Mm -hmm. that you can always use in small talk conversation. But the big thing is with the oration and the slide is, are you getting people's interest? Are you intriguing them enough to want to ask more? I mean, you can't talk about your whole thesis in three minutes, but you can give them enough to make them want to ask more about what you're doing and get a little delve a little deeper. And that's the art of it. Are you giving getting people's interest? Mm-hmm. Are you keeping them listening to you to from start to finish? And Absolutely. and that's quite a skill. It is. And it's also picking out what you know, what are the most important points that you do want to put across? Because you can't put everything down, all thoughts. So it's pulling out the best parts. And, you know, as they go through, they will find that easier and easier to do. And it's like when you're writing a chapter, what are your main points of your chapter? Uh, And this is exactly the same process. It's just it's condensed. So we've got a lot of workshops coming up on that. One to figure out what should go in the in the three minutes Mm -hmm. and what do you leave out? Um, And some of that comes down to what's going to resonate with the audience. Uh, So, you know, you don't want to go into the nitty gritty. You want big picture to get them interested. Um, And then, like I said, then you can ask them for more. So we've got some workshops coming up on that, which will be great. And then, of course, from there, we go in and do some actual presentation workshops where you can actually practice no matter how far along you are and doing your presentation, you can practice it and get critiqued by your peers. And it's not, you know, it's not saying you're doing it wrong. It's just usually the first question I ask everyone is, what do you think the main point is about that, that topic? What do you, what okay. are you what's that person doing? And actually, one thing more on that, a lot of times when people do the 3MT, they get carried away with the, the background and don't talk enough about the actual research. 
you're still going to talk about your research. So That's yes, true. it's great to have a storyline of how you got interested or why people could be interested, you know, as we're saying, to tweak people's interest. But you still got to talk about your research. You got to somehow yes. put that in there as well. Yes, there's a lot of, um, I think, there's the story of how I got here, but the, and then we forget about the actual story. That yes. happens a lot. You're right. Yes. And you were a judge last year. Was it last year that you were a judge? Because it's a great opportunity to ask you yeah. that. How was that experience, first of all? Nerve-wracking. Yes. Uh, because you, you listen to people's... I mean, it wasn't. I wasn't a judge for our own competition, of course, but I have done it for other ones, like for chem, from some of our department competitions, internal competitions. And it's actually very nerve-wracking mm-hmm. because everyone hears things differently. Mm-hmm. And you have to, as a judge, you have to really, really listen because three minutes goes quickly and you don't want to miss anything. And so you know, one minute I'm wanting to scribble notes down and thinking, well, no, better not because I'm going to miss something. And that's what also comes down to what are my listening skills, which is something important to learn. But at the same time, are the presenters enunciating their words well enough for me to understand and I'm not saying if people have a, an accent or anything, that makes it harder. Even people who are born speaking English, so to speak, you know, that's their first language. Some people mumble. <laughs> they don't enunciate their words correctly. So it makes it very hard for the judge to hear what they're actually saying. So slowing down, enunciating correctly, that can make a big difference. So as a judge you've got to really learn to listen well to be able to give them justice when you're judging. Did they actually give what was required for the competition? Wow. That, that yeah. sounds nerve-wracking. It yeah, I a- wouldn't want to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's too, it's too nerve-wracking. And it's interesting yeah. too. I mean, that's why sometimes I don't, like in our finals and that, we don't have uh, faculty members being judges because mm-hmm. they're so used to listening to more of the specifics oh that's clever yes um, you're right w- one we've got to be careful anyway of conflict of interest if they're from the same department mm-hmm. we couldn't do that but also because they've been brought up so to speak or have learned how to speak in a certain way i.e in an academic way um, right. some of them find it difficult to sort of realize what we're trying to do here it's not just full academic so yes there's lots we can talk about but We've only got three minutes, and this is a general audience. This is not an academic audience, so yeah. or people from their specific um, specialty. Okay, so it does make a big difference. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. And so you will be announcing when the next workshop for 3MT is happening. This in the yes, I've just got letter? to remember when it is. It's coming up in January, the very first one, and they'll be repeated. So right. there'll be two online and two on person. They'll be exactly the same thing. So the first one in person is on the 12th of January. Oh, wow! And registration, if you want to come to that workshop, is open now. If there are usual usual system. And then I've got it online. The week after that, it's online. On 24th, it's online. And then I've got them again in February. And then, of course, the competition is in March. And leading up to that competition, we'll have the the presentation practice sessions. But the other thing I'd like to talk about, too, is that this year we're going to try again to do what's called GradFlix. 
So again, Ooh. it's a shortened version of showcasing your research, but in video format. And this is another skill that's really good to have because there's a lot of other competitions like from the tri-council agencies that, and for those people who don't know, they're the big federal government granting agencies. We have one for the sort of the engineering STEM disciplines. We have one for social sciences, humanities. We have one for more of the health sciences. And they have various competitions too, such as the Shirk Storytellers competition, which is social sciences and humanities. And that's a video competition. So with GradFlex, you could be preparing one for grad for our own GradFlex, but then also use it for one of these other competitions. So, you know, it's not just a one-off thing. You can use it in multiple ways. And like the 3MT, it's condensed. We'll only, um, ours is only going to be a 90-minute video, but it can be in any format. So it can be animated. It can be sort of live humans it could be talking it can just be music etc etc but again talking about your research so the premise or the background to it of preparing it in terms of the storyline is just like 3MT it's just then instead of orating it per se you're putting it to video so those people who are, want to consider gradflix and I hope a lot will this year because I want to put on a showcase like a movie night, but they can still come to the 3MT workshops and learn about how to get the storyline that they're looking for, storyboarding, whatever word you want to use. And then the next part of the, we'll have workshops and then how to, you know, what sort of video format you could be using, the different styles, different softwares that are available. A lot of them are free these days and easy to use. So we're not, we're not expecting people to do a big, big production it's using what's available to you on your on your phone, on your computer, etc., and then putting it into the video format. But the premise of getting the content together is the same. It's just the format at the end. Are you orating it or are you putting it on video, which is different? So we'll want to be able to do that as well. And like I said, we will have workshops for those starting a little bit later but again if you're interested in doing a video I strongly suggest you come to the 3MT workshops too because you can learn that about the storytelling part there as well and then the showcase for that will be in April and like I said we want to do it a movie night so I want to have enough to be able to because they're only 90 seconds so it's you know it's it could be a very short movie night if I've only got a few. I want lots that we can showcase um, to everyone. And uh, again, then you could use them for other uh, competitions and things, or just in general, put it on your own website, put it on your program website. That's a great tool to showcase research within the particular department because it's in video format, it's short, uh, you know, people who are thinking about doing research can sort of tune in very quickly to say this is the kind of thing that's going on at Queen's in this particular department in these sorts of fields. So, again, it can be used for a number of ways. One, for your own, getting your own research out there to the general population, but also as a recruitment tool. Uh, so, you know, there's lots of opportunities we can we can do with this. That sounds awesome. I was under the impression that it was sort of like a mini TED, TED Talk format where you yes. just stand up and 
talk about, well, in this case, your research, but if there's a, there are options to put any other sort of media uh, in the video itself. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're a creator of any kind, yes, uh, that's an awesome opportunity because it it's sometimes it is necessary to to tell and, and think of your research in a different way and express it in a different way to mm-hmm. get you out of this box or the, to get you out of the the writer's block. Well, exactly. And the other thing there is, I mean, I talked about, um, you know, maybe using it as a recruitment tool as well down the track, but it's also a way to, as I, you know, say, get people into general public to get interested. It's also a good way of getting high schoolers, you know, primary schoolers, high schoolers interested in research. If they can see it's not so like the old way. Boring. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's that's unfortunately a bad perception of what academic research is all about it's actually very interesting but we've got to make it interesting for other people yes um and to maybe doing it in the video format may be enough to tweak the interest of some young very young potential researchers both you know in primary school and and high school and that's again learning how to talk about your work to different audiences you know, mm-hmm. I've talked about this before. You know, how do you how do you tell people about your research if they're nine and ten year olds? How do you get them interested? How do you get those in high school interested? How do you get the local community interested? How do you get certain types of media interested in what you're saying? And that's all about changing how you talk about your work depending on the audience. A conference. More likely, you've got people in your same field of you. They understand the big words and the terminology that you use. Fantastic. That's an art in itself of putting that across and making interest to people in your own field because they're going to be even more critical of you. Um, but then the other side of, which is probably 95% of the people who are going to listen about your work, is the general population. So how are you going to do that? And which is which is why we put forward these opportunities for students to practice different formats. Yes. And I can't stress enough how important that is. And, you know, conferences, uh, unfortunately, cost money. They cost money. Some of them have subsidies for graduate students, very few of them. But the traveling costs and all of that, even with grants from your own department, it still doesn't cover the whole thing. And so some students don't really get the chance to go to a conference because they're expensive to go to. Mm -hmm. So I think that these opportunities where you can do it at Queens and you can just take advantage of that because you're not paying extra to participate in 3MT. You're not paying anything to register even for Mm -hmm. for these workshops. They are all part of the experience here at Queens. So take advantage of those opportunities. And I think one we would be really remiss of not highlighting is that, you know, Grad Chat is on CFRC and we're very mm-hmm. lucky to be on CFRC. And they're always looking for new content, particularly local yes. content, which Queen's is part of that local community. And they also now have, I mean, Dinah, has, the, the manager, has done an amazing job since she's been there and she got her PhD in history. And she's finding lots of new ways to help people, again, showcase their research. They have ways of learning how to be DJs, volunteering in the thing and in, in, at the, C, if the CFRC station, you know, uh, and learning about all the technology that's there. 
but they also do, you know, teaching people about podcasting and that. And I highly recommend our students to look at some of the opportunities that CFRC has because a lot of people listen to podcasts these days. That's why we put our show, mm. once it's aired, we put it on podcasts because who knows who's picking up some of this. And you could do one a podcast, like, you know, eight to ten shows or a series of shows for your department and highlight a different student's research or different different um, sort of fields of study within the department and put it on a podcast version. You can make it fun. Yes. Uh, but again, one, it's teaching you how to speak. Two, it's teaching you how to speak about research in general. Mm-hmm. And three, it's hopefully getting your work out there further afield to audiences that you may not usually reach if you just had to be somewhere in person. So, you know, these opportunities that CFRC are giving these days is incredible. And I, I, again, I think our students should look more into, you know, how can they use those opportunities to benefit them and improve their own skill set? Yes. I highly recommend it. So I just want to recap a little bit of what we talked about today. So this term is all about celebrating research. Queen's itself is part of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. And in the first week of March, there's going to be some highlights of Queen's research that filled the 17 goals. So we'll be highlighting that. But of course, then towards the end of March, we'll be having our own celebration of graduate and postdoc research on campus, whether that be short talks, it'll have the 3MT final in that week, it'll have poster opportunity, poster board opportunities. So, you know, again, if you've done a poster board for a conference, reuse it and let's get it out there and around campus for people to see. So there'll be more information about that. Then, of course, with grad flicks, we wanting that's towards the end of the term. Uh, I think, if I remember rightly, the the showcase we want to put on is first week of April. So that means I need to get people part of that and learning a little bit about a bit about how to put a video together. So this is all about this, and so there's opportunities for signing up to come to different workshops to learn about how to find the right story to tell people and then here's how you do it if you're orating in the 3MT here's how you do it if you want to put it in a video format say for Gradflix and our own research showcase will be like I said towards the end of March and we want to we want to showcase grad and postdoc research across campus can't I can't do that without everyone putting their hand up and saying, yep, you know what, I'm going to put mine out there as well. So there's going to be lots lots going on there. And I hope a lot of you will take it up and go, you know what, I'm going to give it a go. And uh, one, learn about it. So you can use it in lots of formats. But two, you know what, let's give it a go. Let me put my hand up. Some, You know, 3MT is a competition. But to me, it's more about, what am I learning what, um, along the way in doing that? And that's a bit of fun. And I, that's what I want people to do is to have fun, have fun talking about their research or showcasing their research. So lots going on this term. Yes. So don't forget to 
keep an eye on the to follow their page on Instagram and X. Follow social media, the School of Graduate Studies and Postdoctoral Affairs, and the newsletter each week. Newsletter every Thursday, and of course, then the other things will be putting on our website. So you know, keep checking back on our website on the workshops and events pages. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, good luck this term. Thank you. It's going to, you know, it's going to go fly past, but uh, there's lots we want to do. So hopefully, like I said, hopefully people will put their hand up. But I think we're going to have to call that quits. (laughs) We've started the year off with a bang, so to speak, in terms of we've got lots, lots put into this little episode, but hopefully that'll, that'll get things started. And next week, of course, we will continue with sessions with speaking to one student about their particular research we've got some lots of good ones already lined up so i hope you will listen into that as well so suyin thank you very much for joining me again for the start of the new year 2024 i really appreciate that and good luck with the little baby hope you get some sleep So that's it, everyone. Another week of Grad Chat sadly comes to an end. Don't forget, you can download this show tomorrow from either iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CFIC Podcast. Just type in Grad Chat. Until next week, this is CJ the DJ signing off with a big hooray. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples and brought to you by the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science.